How are data analytics helping financial services organizations with fraud management? Hiranant Nambiar, Vice President and General Manager of Global Fraud and Security Solutions at FICO, who is also a featured presenter at Information Security Media Group's Fraud Summit in New York on October 21st, offers recent insights and discusses how innovations in analytics and the ability to respond in real time are now allowing financial services organizations to effectively address various fraud issues across their enterprises. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Anand, as I mentioned, you'll be presenting at our upcoming Fraud Summit in New York. Can you tell our audience a bit about how you collected some of the information about data analytics that you plan to present, and why is this information relevant? Thank you, Tracy, and thanks for the time today. What we at FICO have seen is that uh, fraud and payment cards has been growing over the last few years. But what has been a very interesting trend is that companies and banks and issuers, are, and many of our customers, are now starting to look at fraud as not just a, a cost that they have to reduce, but also something that is creating consumer dissatisfaction and also, when done well, consumer preference. And so what we want to do today is share some of the learnings and share some of the insights that we've gathered to show how banks are identifying fraud, what the different solutions are that exist to really help combat against that, but then also most importantly, what are the results of how when fraud protection is done well, what the positive impacts can be around consumer and consumer preference and behaviors and loyalty, but also what are some of the negatives that can happen when fraud detection is not done well. At the end of the day, it's very much a balance between protecting and making the right decisions, but then also making sure that a great consumer experience is being delivered. Anant, you bring up a great point, and I think it's probably something that, that would be worth clarifying. Oftentimes when we talk about fraud detection, we don't really talk about fraud detection versus what's done well and what's not done well. How is fraud detection oftentimes not done well? So if the objective of fraud detection is to identify and avoid fraud, there are ways to do this in, in a very, very tight manner so that very little fraud gets through. You can do this by having consumers having to authenticate themselves or make sure that it's them multiple times. If I'm in a store and want to make a transaction that is different than my typical behavior, my bank can say, you have to phone us, you have to provide you know, security answers to three difficult questions, and then we have to send you uh, an, an email to your phone to make sure that it is you. So banks can put in place procedures to make it very, very difficult for fraudsters to commit fraud. However, by doing that, you're going to make it very, very difficult for your good customers to make transactions as well. And so that's really the balance, right, is that how it's done badly is when the, the, the pendulum swings too far towards the fraud detection and prevention standpoint, and it makes it very difficult for the consumers and or the merchants. Historically, the payment space has tried different things, especially in the online space, to reduce fraud. One of the versions of, of fraud detection was called Secure Electronic Transactions, SET, in the mid-90s. It was a beautiful, very, very complex solution that became um, really hard to implement from the merchant standpoint and from the consumer standpoint. So after a couple of years, it was just given up and moved past because it was too expensive and too difficult to implement. So Anand, tell us a little bit about how you're seeing analytics, data analytics, being used in the real world today to help detect and even prevent fraud. So I think first let me just briefly explain what analytics can be because it's a catch-all phrase that covers a lot of different things. What analytics really mean is how to build models and predictive models to look at a lot of data and a lot of behaviors 
to be able to differentiate which are good behaviors versus which are behaviors that we want to avoid or, or stop. The simplest way that, that fraud detection has happened in the past is just rules, static rules. If, you know, if, if this account is making a transaction over a certain dollar threshold and it's a certain number of miles from their house and they've never done it before, then reject it as possible fraud. So very simple rules-based decision-making. What analytics allows companies to do is to go beyond that to now say, what's the probability that even though this is a transaction that doesn't typically occur, that based off of other things that I know and other patterns that I've developed about this account and other accounts like it, that I can make a better decision. What analytics really allows is better decisions to be made because instead of just looking at one account on a one-time basis, you now are able to use other accounts, millions of other accounts, to create a more informed decision that has an element of risk, but what analytics allows you to do is to balance that risk versus reward, whether making a decision of should I allow this transaction to go through or not, because while this one account has never done it before, this account is like other accounts who do make these types of transactions, so I'm a little bit more confident. And that you've been talking a lot about payments fraud, and of course, payments fraud is something that we've all been talking quite a bit about over the course of the last 18 to 24 months. In the wake of some of these retail breaches, which we continue to hear about on a daily basis, do you see banking institutions doing more with analytics to help them perhaps predict fraudulent card transactions sooner? Tracy, that's absolutely what we see. So what we're seeing is the evolution of what fraud has meant. We are now talking about financial crimes as much as we're talking about fraud, where fraud typically has meant payment card fraud where transactions are made without the cardholder's knowledge or consent. Now we're talking about different types of behavior that really are financial crimes. And so what we at FICO have done over the last few years is we're working with many of our banks and partners to really help them with all the different areas of financial crime, whether they be card payments, whether they be other types of banking and payment-related activities, so prepaid, uh, online banking, retail banking, check fraud in some countries. We're also getting into now, which is areas that are more employee-based fraud, so expense management and other types of fraud. So what I would say is this is where the power of analytics comes in because what we really are able to do is use the millions, billions of, of records that we receive to identify out-of-pattern behaviors and then really identify and then stop those transactions that we think are risky. So that could be in card payments, as I mentioned. It could be in any other area of commercial banking or financial services. But definitely the breaches are yet another way where corporations, whether merchants or others, are starting to see the financial exposure. And once again, this is where fraud detection services such as ourselves really become more valuable because they help identify outer pattern behavior which as much as it stops it from happening, it also prevents it from becoming a bigger loss than, than otherwise could be. And I know that in the card payment realm, using these types of services has been something that banking institutions as card issuers have invested in for quite some time. I think we've probably done a pretty good job on the credit and now the debit side of things. Do you see that these same types of services and analytics then branching out to other areas? Yes, I think the difference is the amount of history that we have in card payments versus other payments. And so we're, we're starting out the journey of developing solutions in those spaces. And the other thing that, that's also there is in card payments, it's a much easier effort to identify a fraudulent transaction. There's, there's a consumer who typically says, I didn't make that transaction. So now we know that this is a transaction that, that is fraudulent one way or another. And so we're to look at the pattern before and after 
to create kind of predictive models. In other types of payments and financial services, it's not as clean when fraud occurs and what causes the fraud. And so that's part of what we're in the process of developing new solutions and new models to get into these new areas because we know that fraud is, is being committed. The question that we, that we need is the data sets to really help us you know, look at that and identify and then, and then build analytic models to solve against that. So I'm going to shift gears here for just a moment, Anand, but I'd like for you to talk a little bit about some of the expectations for EMV. Do you see EMV actually helping to reduce fraud? And if not, how will the advent of EMV impact fraud detection? So EMV is something that's, that uh, we, you know, we see as growing in terms of the implementations around the U.S. And the U.S. Is, is really one of the last markets to fully deploy EMV. What we do know is looking at other markets like the United Kingdom and, and Canada and other places that have implemented EMV, fraud doesn't go away. It shifts in terms of the type of fraud. And so what typically happens is in those markets is face-to-face fraud significantly goes down and card not present or you know virtual or internet fraud goes up. The actual, in, in the UK as an example, the total amount of fraud held consistent before and after EMV adoption. What changed was the mix between face-to-face physical world fraud versus virtual fraud from directionally 75-25 before face-to-face to to after 75-25 non-face-to-face. But the dollar amount didn't change. And so what that tells us, what that indicates to us in Canada was the same sort of pattern. What that shows us is that fraud is not going away in these markets. The type of fraud is shifting. And so it becomes even more important for banks and merchants and other partners to really be able to you know, proactively protect themselves from this changing behavior. Because EMV, one, it's not going to be quick in terms of how it's going to be implemented and really how consumers are going to be able to change their behaviors as the infrastructure rolls out. So fraud is going to continue during that rollout phase. But even after the rollout, there will be still exposures in the online space that we're looking to identify and solve for. And as we see some of this migration, if you will, of fraud from one channel to another, and we can look at it as being in the face-to-face to to the card not present environment, do you see banking institutions preparing to address how they look at analytics or how they collect data to help detect and prevent fraud? Yes, and I think this goes back to the overall theme of my presentation is that very much that banks are looking to analytics and looking to see how to predict and identify fraud. But at the same time, they're doing that while knowing that they need to balance the user experience. And so that, I think, is, is the critical message. And what we're definitely seeing is, you know, as I mentioned before, SET, which was an online fraud prevention solution back in the mid-90s, was built by banks to basically stop fraud. And the solution that they built at that time was way too difficult for merchants and consumers to actually take advantage of. So they built that as an industry solution, spent a lot of money building it and deploying it, and then watching it fail because it wasn't adopted. Fraud prevention is critical and important and will continue to be important, but it has to be balanced against a really simple user experience. And I think that's really where you know analytics, but then also how the analytics are deployed in terms of what the consumer is asked to do, what the merchant is asked to do, is really going to be very important. And what I would say is, you know, and different markets have had different solutions implemented over time. And so in the Nordics, as an example, they have a much more complex solution. Consumers have to do it because the banks and the merchants have all agreed and there's no choice. And so, you know, 90% of the, of the online transactions go through a very complex solution that has been deployed in the U.S. for the last few years with very, very little adoption. 
And so that's going to be the trick is how is online commerce protected from fraud with a simple and, and easy user experience. Anand, I want to thank you again for your time today. This has been very helpful. Tracy, thank you for the chance today and as well as looking forward to next week's conference. Yes, and we look forward to it as well. Again, we've just heard from Anant Nambiar of FICO. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.